Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Introducing Norm Self-Checkout for All. Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card not present fees? Norm is here to solve it all. Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you, no wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones. Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, beat up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend Tony. What's up, Tony? What's going on, player? Nothing, man. So we get we get a. Uh, it's not a redo, but it's a part two. It is a part two. Last time we talked to this person, I was waiting to see if I was because uh, uh, I was exposed to COVID. To, you know, because my son-in-law tested positive, and then unfortunately, I, I ended up with it. The whole family, but you know, we still had a great conversation with her, even. Pre-sick, like, you know, uh, being exposed to it. It was such a, a fascinating conversation, bro. Yeah, it really was. I mean, like, it's it's those conversations that I don't want to say proud of, but I'm most proud of in a weird way. Um, just because... I just love hearing people's stories, hearing their, um, hearing their, uh, the, just the stories. Yeah, you just don't know what people have gone through to get to where they, where where they are. You know what I mean? And the struggles. It, I mean, it's real. We all go through stuff, right? Sometimes you just see somebody's like, oh, they got it easy, but uh, no, not it, if you haven't. You don't know her story. Go listen to to the first one, yeah. and then you know come back to this one because I mean, it her story. I don't think a lot of people would 
had the strength to get through some of the stuff she got through to get to where she wanted to go. No, no, no. And it was a long journey. It was a long, long overnight success, right? I think it's, that's what they say, right? right? It took a really long time to have an overnight success. So today we're talking to Alala's updos, and like Tony said, please uh, go back and listen to number one. Um, we, uh, I mean, in, in the first one, we talked a lot about her immigration story. We talked a lot about like her relationship with her daughter, which was like so touching and moving. Um, and um, we kind of like we left off with her getting invited to a butterfly circus with David Thurston and and that whole butterfly circus crew. Um, and we really left off with her crying in the bathroom, feeling sick because she didn't think that she was worthy. She was having her own her own imposter syndrome um, at, at butterfly circus. And then our our good friend Larissa Love went and gave her a little pep talk and. A pep talk in a Xanax, I think is, is yeah. what she said. So and shook her like you know what I mean. Do you want this? Do yeah. you want this? Exactly. So yeah. uh, and and uh, Larissa's advice to her was like you know these next thirty minutes you know either make you or break you. So you know you decide what it's going to be and and and, like, and and get yourself and, together. And Lala said, I got to keep my shit together for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, and then you know I, I guess that's where we kind of pick up because you know it was that thirty minutes and that decision in those thirty minutes to keep her shit together is why we're talking to Lala. Lala today and why why everybody knows Lala because you know she that, that was a that was a sink or drown moment and and, and I mean a, a swimmer or drown moment and and she swam um, she swam like Michael Phelps. Yep. And uh, on that note, let's bring, bring her in, in, brother. So Miss Lala Lala's up dues. Welcome back to your day off, man. Thank you so much for having me back, guys. Dude, I, absolutely, man. Your your story was so uh, amazing. I mean, man, I, in in the first episode, I remember I remember we cried a bunch. Tony and I cried right along with you, and in both in like sad moments and both in touching moments, and and even when you talked about your daughter and like how that relationship kind of came like full circle. Um, and in the moment where we're like when we were talking about your daughter, about when she introduced herself as Lala's daughter. So I was like, man, we're going to introduce ourselves as Lala Podcast. You know I like that. Exactly, <laughs> Lala's podcast. I dig it. So next time, when you when you see us at premiere or something, you know, we'll be Lala's podcast, right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, your story, your family—I mean, everything. It was just so inspiring, so moving. I remember in that podcast how I was just in in just all of you because what you've gone through and what you've done and especially how you raised your daughter and the, you know, here you are pre-talk today talking about your daughter now is taking the SATs, looking for colleges and stuff like that. Like the opportunities that you didn't have, you were able to provide for her and you didn't know that in 2014 when you you started your Instagram. Which is crazy. Accidental Instagram too. Yeah, listen to listen to part one. So Lala, let's kind of pick up. So um, so we're at Butterfly Circus. Larissa shakes you around and is like, "Get your shit together, girl." Um, and and you know you you kept your shit together. So so kind of like 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 what kind of happened after Butterfly Circus and where and where did the story go on? Well, after the Butterfly Circus, which was pretty much my first performance in such a uh, broad audience, because before my my biggest audience was over 40 people for a class. I've never had almost 200 people in front of me. And um, I've never performed next to such a a popular lineup. You know, we were talking again about Larissa Dahl, uh, Jenny, the confession of a hairstylist, uh, Jay Wesley Olson, Nina from Fashion Square, which have uh, have been around in the education industry for you know a lot of time and they've been really known um 
but I made it. And um, I pretty much can say that that was the beginning of my career as an educator. I really felt like I am being seen as an educator and I've been uh, seen as having value and not only being seen about others as having value. That was the time when I actually realized that what I'm doing, it has value and it's been seen as serious. And that was the time when I started to think maybe I should take this serious because it's not a hobby anymore. Um, and especially, also, of course, the financial part helped helped a lot when I realized how how easy I can make money doing what I love the most. Uh, that's when I thought, you know, I should probably pay a little bit more attention to this gift that was given to me and this talent and, and try to to get something out of this. And um, that was in June of 2015 when I had my first performance in front of so many people. And um, I remember in August. I, no, it was actually in June of that year, 2015, when Behind the Chair came up with their first uh, one-shot category. Before that, they only had the hot shot where you could enter um, if you had, you know, like a professional photo shoot with uh, professional models and all that. And they came up with this category where you can enter with pictures that you took behind the chair. And I had my cousin, which was my model at the moment, um, encouraging me, Lala, you should really enter. And I'm like, I can enter. I'm not even a bridal stylist yet. And she insisted, she's like, just enter one for braids, one for updues, and let's see what happens. And I listened to her and I uh, entered uh, two pictures for updues and two for um, um, braids uh, category. Totally forgot about it, went on and move on uh, with my life. And uh, I remember in, I think it was August or September of that year, I was having um, ice cream with my family and I get a phone call from Jenny uh, and she's like, Lala, oh my God, congrats. Do you Jenny made Streeby? it? Jenny Streeby, yes. Jenny, yeah. And uh, I was like, what do you mean? Oh, I made it where? What are you talking about? Why are you so excited? She's like, Lala, we both made it in the one shot category. We're both finalists on both categories. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And I'm like, I don't know what. She's like, Lala, the behind the chair awards. You are a finalist. And I almost dropped the phone off my hands. I'm like, this can't be real. And I knew that it's a it's a high end award, and I knew that there are like thousands of people applying from uh, and entering from all around the world. And to hear the news that I made it to as a finalist in that award, I was like, this this can be true. This me, I'm not even a bridal stylist. I don't even do bridal hair. How can I make it through the finalists? And I made it. And um, then people started to text, are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? You should come. I've never been to a, a hair show ever in my life in the United States. So I have decided to go to that show, not necessarily because I was a finalist, because I did not expect to win. But I wanted to go to that show to get to know my idols. I wanted to take a picture with Guy Ting. I wanted to take a picture with Sam Bia and all these people that I was looking up. And I'm like, I want to connect. I want to mingle with people. I want to see what a hair show is. I want to see what an award is. And I just want to take some pictures with the people that I look up to. I went there, guys. Maybe if you search the internet and you will find pictures from that award show. I was literally wearing a pair of black pants and a black shirt. I was not even like glam or like ready or like I had like natural casual makeup. I did not expect anything. I was there to make connections and take pictures with my idols. And, and I'm sitting there in the front row with uh, Mustafa Abchi next to me and with uh, Glam Iris uh, on my right. 
and we are cheering for everyone there and we get to the uh, braids category and Jenny is winning that category and we're all there cheering for her happy and then we get to the updo category and I see my work there and everyone is cheering and then they call my name I am the winner of the updo category and I couldn't even stand up I was in such shock that I I, I thought it's a joke I'm like I it can be me are, are these people serious? And I have Mustafa and Iris pushing me. Lala, you have to go up on stage. Go, go, go. It's your name, Lala. You won. And I'm walking on that stage, like literally in shock. And I and I walk towards the the and it was Stephanie. Um, it's makeup and hairstyles. Um, she worked with behind the chair for a long time. And then it was Cynthia Lumsey, which back uh, then she was a beginner and kind of getting into the hair industry. Um and they're hugging me and giving me that award. And I don't even know what to say. I had no speech prepared. I was like literally in shock. Nothing came out of my mind. And I'm looking at the audience and everyone is cheering for me. And I'm like, people know who I am? Is this for real? <laughs> and all I could manage to say was, uh, thank you, Jesus. I know this is all you. And thank you, everyone who voted for me. And I just walked away. Wow. <laughs> And, and I, uh, I, I tell you, like, you, you couldn't have been sitting with a better guy because Mustafa is just seriously one of the nicest guys in the industry. You know, every contact that we've had with him, man, it's just been so uplifting and, and so uh, motivational. He's just, just, just what a great guy to kind of like, and you know, kind of like to push you on stage, you know, but, yes. but, you know, and you know, he's genuinely, um, um, appreciate it. And he does some good work too. So my question, is this the same cousin that you were practicing on, uh, just, uh, to get, at Butterfly Circus, right? Yeah. That was her model. Yes. So this thank is... goodness for this cousin. Yes. What? And the picture that I won the award with was her head. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness that you listen because it's sort of like the Instagram where you didn't want to do the Instagram, but your ball, your former boss was like, you're going to do, I'm going to create this account for you. And then your cousin's like, go ahead and just, just do it. You know, thank goodness that you, you know, you're not hesitant or re too resistant and, and you did it. But both times, if it was up to you, you might not might not have uh, done it. I think there's a lesson here, and, and and you know, Lala didn't see herself as a as an updo artist. She didn't see herself as a braider, but she entered anyways, you know. And then she enters, and then she wins, you know, uh, the one shot award um, behind the, the first one shot award. The first wow. one shot award award award. The first one that's hard to say. The first one shot award, um, and then she wins it. You know, like like I think the lesson is even if you don't think you're ready. Enter anyways. What do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, like, the, like exactly. there's 10,000 people that enter each category. So what are you like at, at the worst case scenario, you're one of 10,000, but the best case scenario is that, you know, you're a finalist or you're the winner. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's kind of a no brainer. Just enter, enter anyways. Yep. And you're not going to live with the regret that you didn't enter. You're going to live with the regret that you didn't win, which is going to push you and motivate you to try harder next time. That's it. So on that note, so w once you won the one shot and now like, I'm sure, I'm sure your imposter syndrome is going crazy. Like how in the heck did I win this? I'm not even, a, I'm not even a bridal artist and stuff. Did you, um, did it, did it motivate you to like, really like buckle down and like start it to really motivate me? Like I, like I said, I, I pretty much 
started to look at this more seriously after that Butterfly Circus event. But after winning this award, I had brands reaching out to me and asking me to, to work with them or represent them or collaborate with them. And when I had this thing going on, I, I realized, OK, this is actually serious. I cannot pretend that I'm not a bridal stylist anymore, although I do not have any clientele yet. If I do have brands interested in me to to um uh, collaborate with them and work with them. That means this is serious and they see me as a value. And that's when I actually started to take it seriously. I literally started to take it seriously only a year le- uh, later after I won that award and I had the brands reaching out to work with me. And um, pretty much the rest is this history. Like it, it pretty much started with, with the decision to open that Instagram account and then to say yes to that uh, class uh, at the Glam Iris Salon. And then saying yes to the Butterfly Circus and then saying yes again to entering for an award that was totally out of my level of expertise or I don't even know how to put it. But the conclusion of all this is that saying yes to everything that was out of my comfort zone brought me to live the life of my dreams. And uh, I've never actually imagined how, how the life of my dreams would be. I actually imagine having a better life. I didn't imagine being an educator. I've never been trained to be an educator. I've never worked towards an educating career. It literally happened to me with with me saying yes to something that was out of my comfort zone. And with that day, when I had that wedding and uh, I quit on doing hair for two weeks and then bought a mannequin doll and I said, you know what, this is out of my comfort zone. I want to learn more and I don't want to feel like this ever again. So I pretty much can say that my career uh, in the bridal industry started with that, uh, that failure, with that wedding, and then saying yes to everything that was out of my comfort zone and that followed. And um, I can't say that it was easy because like you guys said, um, it looks easy on Instagram. I have people who follow me from the beginnings and they are probably still wondering how it was possible for me to grow such a big brand. And, and get my name known in only a period of six years. But the story behind those six years is so, so, so much longer and so much harder. It did not happen in six years. It happened with the decision of saying yes. But after that, you do a lot of free work, you know, because in the beginning when, when uh, um, brands are reaching out, um, you're still small. You're still not known. Um, they see the talent and the value in you, but you're not going to be paid or valued as you would be valued two years, three years, four years later when your expertise, when your skills improve. And I could tell that in the beginning, you do a lot of free work. You just advertise everything and everyone that you can in order to get grab that attention. And you do a lot of free work just because you want to be recognized and get those uh, opportunities to go and teach to a bigger audience to get to represent a big brand because nobody really knows your your name and that's pretty much the path or or, or going to to build your brand you the brands are using you and you are using the brands to get your name known and eventually by starting small with representing brands, you get your name known. And if you're good enough and you're hardworking, you're going to get the people to come and see you eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened for me in six years. I started with representing brands. Um, I was treated well. Uh, 
compared to other experience that I heard in the industry. I always had a very good um, um, relationship with all the brands that I work. And I used those platforms to get my name and my work name uh, known. And when I felt like it's the time for me to represent and I brought my brand to the level that it was supposed to be, I started to, um, to reach out to hair shows to go and represent myself. And um, I actually didn't reach out. That was my next plan. Like I would say three years ago, that's when I started, when I saw that my brand is pretty known in the hair industry and that I got a name in the industry and I knew people wanted to see me in the hair shows. That's when I started to think about how should I approach these big hair shows in order for me to go there and represent the Lala's Abdus and not the brands that I work with. And uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even have to reach out. Um, eventually, three years ago, I had the hair shows reaching out to me directly and asking me to go and uh, and teach in their shows. So um, if I put it that way, it sounds like it was easy. Okay, you were lucky, you were <laughs> blessed. The people, the brands reached out to you and then eventually the shows reached out to you and you got it there. But I, I really believe that it was not that easy as it sounds or as it looks because. Oh, well, Lala, I, I mean, I, you're you're skimming over the, the hard work, right? You're saying like these, these are the rewards from the hard work. You know, it, it's it, it's hard work. It's talent. It, it's getting the brands and the hair shows are only coming to you once again, like you said, if they can use you and use your platform. You know, so through the hard work, you've built enough of a Lala's platform, not a not necessarily like on the back of Cosmoprof or not necessarily on the back of any other brands that you represented. You know, you built your own you built your own thing there, you know, so so there, there's a lot of hard work in that. It's not it's not like, oh, look, look, Lala's here. Let, let's give her something like there's a lot of hard work. And, and, and we know because we're living it, you know, we're we're living trying to get our name out there and trying to. Um, and, and it's actually funny, as you're saying, as you're saying that aside from brands, we we, we, we've never really had a brand relationship aside with schedulicity, but, um, but you know, the, now the shows are, are, are reaching out to us too, to kind of like just host some classrooms and stuff and just to be cool and be fun. But, but what I'm saying is just, it takes a, a heck of a lot of hard work to get, to get there. You know, it's not, those things aren't given. It, it's both hard work and talent. So, so, so don't belittle yourself, dude. You, you we, we understand that, 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 that it's really hard work. I mean, um, Every time someone takes my class, the first question is, how did you get to this level of expertise in only six years? Because pretty much mo most of the people taking my classes, they know that I've been switching to the hair uh, bridal industry only six years ago. And uh, I tell them, I literally, even to this, to this point uh, where I can tell that I can deal with pretty much with any hair texture and I can just do updos out of scratch just because that's who I am. I am a creative person. To this time and to this date, I'm still practicing on a daily basis, at least two hours on my mannequin dolls. So um, what I'm trying to say with that is that it might, it might look easy, but it's actually a lot of time and effort put into it to, to come up. Because what, what do people know me for? They know me for uh, being very creative and coming up with something new all the time. Well, if I would only get behind the chair and work on a mannequin doll, uh, when I meet with my models, nothing will come out of my hands. It's literally all a, a daily basis work and, and, and an effort to stay on trend, to, um, to be on top on a market saturated with talent and younger talent. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, and, I mean, uh, you're a professional athlete. I mean, in, in the sense of practice, 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 practice makes perfect, right? So, just like just in comparison to an athlete, like in this, 
uh, in the sense is that if they don't practice, they're not going to be at that high level. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? They got to practice. They got to condition themselves. You condition yourself every day for several hours to get to keep your creativity, to keep your sharp. Like you said, if you, if you don't practice and when it's time to, to perform, you're not going to be at your best. Now, uh, when I when I switched to the bridal industry, I actually started, like I said, the first year I was not really doing bridal hair. But after that, I, I got really deep into into bridal hair. And uh, eventually, uh, three years ago, I switched from uh, doing hair behind the chair to educating only. I had su- a, such a high demand on education that I was literally booked with private classes throughout the week every day. And on weekends, I was always traveling for hair shows or public classes. So I made my transition from working behind the chair to working as an educator full time uh, three years ago. I still do not call myself or consider myself an educator because I do practice on a daily basis and I discover new techniques every day and things that I've done a week ago. I discovered a better way to do it this week. I call myself a, a student. So anytime someone comes and take my classes, I tell them. Nothing in this class is a rule. What I'm teaching you today, I might uh, teach you something different in a week. Uh, we are all students in this class and we are having fun and uh, and just sharing knowledge. And if you guys have anything that you think I could learn from you, I would love to learn from you. So those that's how oh. usually my classes are going. Hey, Lala, what... Um... Like when you're doing your, your, your two hour, you know, your two hour discipline every day and, you know, getting behind your mannequin head, what, um, are you like watching like videos of other artists? Are you watching like Sam Via or Jenny Streeby or something? You know, the ones that are, that are, that are creating, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, braids and stuff, or where do you find your inspiration? To be honest with you, and I, I don't want to sound cocky because I do get inspired by people and by things that I see outside on a daily basis. But for me, watching other people's work never worked. I tried that in the beginning of my career. And anytime I tried to recreate someone else's work, nothing came out of my hands. And that's because I'm a creative. That's how my, my mind works. Even when I create those tutorials on my on my models that you see on my Instagram, most of the times... Those are not tutorials that I practice on my mannequin or I discovered on my mannequin. I literally get in the chair, I prep their hair, and then I just let my hands work or my mind take over. And that's how all those come out. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm not getting inspired by people. Um, I might see one thing in your picture that is going to inspire me, and I'm going to put it to practice, but I'm going to to change it and make it totally my own technique. It's, it, you won't even know that I actually got inspired by you. Uh, so I do get inspired on a daily basis by all the talent out there, but I, I very, very few times I actually went and recreated someone else's work. Mm-hmm. So um, I do get inspired by some, by everyone, but I always put my own touch on it and I change it and I switch it and I make it my own. What I mean, that's what inspiration is, right? Inspiration is taking something that you've seen and then like, and then making it, making it your own. You know, yeah. I think we, we, we all kind of do that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Do you um do you have any other outlets, creative outlets? Uh, meaning, I don't know. Do you do you if do, I do anything else other than hair? That, that that's creative. That that, that kind of like gets that spark going. Uh, yeah, I do like to paint when I have time, um, and I do like to create hair jewelries when I do have the time, and um, most of all and above all, I like to write. 
I love writing. That was my first passion, my first love since I was a kid. So um, hopefully I'll be able to to finish a book soon. You're working on like an autobiography, right? Like your biography? Yes, I'm working on that for uh, two years now, and I never found the time to do it. And last year I had all the time to do it. But uh, last time I got into depression <laughs> with all that slug down and not being able to work or make any money. And uh, my brain was literally frozen for, for months um, into desperation and, and, and fear, and uh, I was not able to work. But um, I will not complain. Probably a lot of us would have been, uh, have been in that situation last year. Um, I'm happy I made it through. I'm happy that I was there for my daughter. I almost lost my daughter last year uh, due to this pandemic and the depression that she went through. Um, I, I haven't spoke with this uh, about this anywhere else. But um, going through all that hardship last year made me realize what is really important in life and, uh, and not put so much focus on, on my career. And then, um, and what my heart wants, because I thought that that's what my heart wants. And last year, when I actually had the time to spend quality time with my family, I realized what my priorities are and what my heart really wants. And um, I will give you an example. Like two weeks ago, I flew to Chicago for the first time in a year and a half. Last time I flew for work was for IBS Long Beach last year in January. And uh, all through the, the pandemic and being home and, and having all that quality time with my daughter and my husband and getting to spend that quality time and getting sit down to talk and to understand and to listen to a lot of things. Um, I felt that um, I love what I'm doing, but I am not willing to pay the price for it anymore. And um, I wasn't sure if that was uh, just because I went through everything that I went with with my daughter or it's actually that's what I feel. And last uh, two weeks ago, when I flew to Chicago, I made it to the airport and um, I literally felt. I felt like it's not my place to be there anymore. And I went to Chicago and I teach, I, I taught uh, two sold out classes and I had an amazing time. It was such an emotional experience uh, having those people in person in your class and getting to hug people and, and listen to people's opinion and what they've been through. And I realized that um, in, in two weeks ago that I, I do love and I enjoy what I do, but not necessarily because of hair. Hair is not my love. I realized that the only thing that I loved from that experience going to Chicago, flying out after a year and a half, was the experience that I had with people, which tells me that my real love is actually people and not hair. Um, and that made me think real, really, really hard about what I want to do next, because um, knowing that now and knowing that I'm not missing the hair shows, that I'm not missing the trips for work, that I'm not missing being in front of an audience. That's not my dream anymore. I made it there. I lived all those dreams that I had before. In my career, I pretty much can say that I made it where, where the highest I could be. I've been on all, all the big stages. I've been published in all the big magazines. I've been recognized. I won awards. So what is next? Like really how higher I could go in my career as a, as a bridal stylist. And uh, I realized that it's not bringing me joy anymore. So I'm not saying that I'm going to give up on being a bridal stylist, but I'm, um, 
I'm seriously thinking if my love is for people and not for hair, how could I actually transition into something like that and really feel happy and not have to sacrifice uh, weekends with my family and not have to sacrifice uh, birthdays and not have to sacrifice uh, school events and graduations and all that. And a lot of things that I sacrificed in these six years to bring my career and my name and my brand where it is today. Wow. Wow is right. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, how are things going to change for you in the future moving forward? Are you well, not going to do any shows? Are you not going to do any classes? Or are you just going to kind of limit those? No, I don't think I'm going to do that mistake. I, um, I've i learned a lot from my mistakes in the past. Like when I switched from cuts and color to the bridal industry, uh, without doing that transition smoothly, I got to the point where I was three months behind with my rent and I almost got evicted. So I definitely learned from my lessons. I am not going to leave the hair industry and I'm not going to leave the bridal industry. Uh, this is a time where I actually have to like, really have a, a deep talk to, to myself and see what other talents I have and what other gifts I have and how I can do that transition into most likely working more with people, helping people, but not exactly know how and uh, ask for guidance from God and see what my next, uh, my next uh, step is in, in, I don't know, my career, I would say in my life. Right. That's exciting. And how's your daughter doing now? Is she, is she doing better? Uh, she's doing good. Uh, she doesn't know that I spoke to anyone about this. <laughs> I don't know if she, she will ever listen to this, but if she does, uh, she's doing very well. And I truly, truly believe that God made all that happen and, and he made it for me to be home in, in those, because like I said before, I was I was busy every day. I could never pay attention to what's going on with her. And I would probably never catch on that. And um, she's doing very, very good now. I, I can pretty much say that it looks like she never had a problem. Um, and that's the reason, not necessarily that I want to, I don't want to travel anymore because I want to be next to her. It's just, I realized how valuable our relationship and our family and our dear ones are compared to anything else. So um, if she ever gets to the point where she needs her mama, I want to be there. Right. You know, although she's almost an adult now, I know I'm 45 and I still need my mama. And I'm sometimes, you know, crying for my mom's arms and, and, and hugs and wisdom. So um, I want to do what I love, but in the same time, be there for the ones I love. Absolutely. And, and, uh, we would, we will continue to lift uh, her in prayer as well, uh, and uh, you know, you and your family. I, I think, you know, by you doing what you're doing is like kind of like we talked about. You know, what a great role model that you've been. You know, she's seen you struggle and stuff, but even when the time comes and when she needs you most, and you kind of pulling back on your success so you can be there for her, is even uh, a continuation of, of of how powerful you are and you know how amazing you are. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm an educator. I can educate in so many other ways. You know, I can educate on people how to bring their businesses up, how to bring a platform up, how to get their brand known, how to be better stylist, how to coach them on all kinds of things. I can educate by bringing out books. You know, I don't necessarily have to, to travel and be away from my family. Are you... um? 
moving forward, are you are you going to do more of, have a, have more of an online presence? Or are you going to be? Educated? I'm actually working right now on uh, bringing a different online platform uh, for my online education. I'm working hard on that, and I'm hoping to be able to launch that late August. Um, I also just finished um, a bridal book, a step-by-step bridal book, and I'm working on publishing that as well. I'm working on my um, my life journey book. So uh, hopefully that. And uh, I would really like if uh, God is helping me with the finances to actually expand my line of hot tools. Probably, you know, that I just came up with a texturizing iron back in November, which was very, very successful. I mean, we've been uh, launching only seven months ago and we already sold out our first uh, shipment. Wow. And uh, I got no returns, which is having in mind that I'm the only one advertising that product. I don't have a team of, of uh, ambassadors talking about this tool. It's literally just me talking about this tool and it did so well. So that tells me that I took the right decision. I built a tool with the stylist uh, needs in mind. It was built by me with all my needs in mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people, I mean, professionals, um, Love this tool so much, but um, like I said, I would love to actually come up with a whole line of uh, hot tools. Just love us of these tools. It sounds like and you have a lot of free time that you can do that. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't have a lot of free time, but if I want to make that transition from like traveling and being in hair shows and you know make money and be close to to my family and do what I love, um, I want to focus more on how to make money while I'm sleeping. Versus yeah. while, while I'm traveling and being away from my, from my family. So, so does that sound like a, another future podcast on how to make money and how to transition and how to, you know what I mean? How to, uh, it looks up. like it. I mean, let's see what happens until the end of the year. What, what exactly I'm going to be able to manage until the end of the year. And then we can talk again. Hey Lala, if I wanted to buy some hot tools, where do I go? You would go to my website. That's where you can find everything. My online education, my public classes. I'm, I'm planning on adding more and uh, do a tour this year because people are eager for uh, in-person education. And that's where you can find my hot tool and my hair jewelries and everything. What's your what's your website? It's uh, lalasubdues.com. Everything is lalasubdues. Facebook, you. Instagram, uh, website, Pinterest, you name it. It's lalasubdues.com. Wow. Girl, I, every time I talk to you, um, I get more and more just in all of you, just your, your determination, your strength, your courage, your, your, just your influence, your power, your faith, um, you know, continue to do what you do. Like we said earlier, we're going to lift your daughter up. Uh, we'll continue to pray and for her, for her strength. And, uh, we really, really, really love you, and we we believe that everything that you do, you do it in the right mind frame, that that's better to better our industry and help uh, lift others. Before we, before we close, because everything again, every, when we take these conclusions at the end of a conversation, and and it's also so um, so easy. I don't want to discourage people. Um, I mean, I don't want to. How should I put it? It sounds like I am a strong person. And most of the people that you see succeeded, they look and we look like we are strong people, but we're not. We're just very determined not to let the circumstances of life to dictate what our next step or how we are going to live our life. 
I am not a strong mom or a strong person or a strong wife or a strong boss, babe. I Most of the, the times I doubt my steps and I doubt my decisions. And if anything goes wrong, I get on the floor and it's the end of the world. And I cry myself out for two, three days. And then two, three days later, I stand up and I realize that the only person being able to solve that problem and keep going is just me. So I have to keep going and make those dreams come true. And no, we're not strong. We're just very determined. And if you have that determination in you, regardless of how weak you are, you are going to keep going. Boom. Dude, there's no better. We can't follow those words up. Right. Lala, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank for, you so much for, for having me back. A hundred percent. Whenever, whenever you want to come back, you let us know um, if you want to promote the book when it comes out or whatever, um, you know, by all means, reach out and we'll, 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 we'll chat you up then some then too. Lala's up dudes. Um, I was going to say, I hope we see you on the road, but we'll talk, we'll talk off air about where you're going to be and where, when you're going to be. Um, we love you. Thank you very much. And thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>